0: Good evening everyone. It's good to have you with us. I'm not sitting right in front of a computer, but I can peek around and see that there's several names there. So we're certainly glad to have you with us and, uh, certainly glad that you've, uh, give a little portion of your time to the understanding of God's word rightly divided. Amen. And this is, uh, we undertook this quite a long time ago for those of you that haven't been here with us the entire time. And this is steady 154. So don't let it shake you up much, but, uh, uh, there's been a, there's been a few, few times that we, uh, had to mess for one reason or the other, but yet, uh, this is in line, study number 154, and the seven epistles that were written uh, after Acts 28-28. And that uh, we look at it rightly divided. We look at it because it's part and parcel of what we have understood to be the body of Christ as our hope. And we're looking for the appearing and not the coming. And uh, to realize that uh, this got started around AD 60, AD 62 uh, with the Apostle Paul. And we've gotten down to 1st and 2nd Timothy, but we're going to do the rest of 1st Timothy as we get to it. But Second Timothy we're gonna hold off till we do Titus and, and Philemon. And uh and then we'll come back and do Second Timothy last
1: uh
0: if the Lord's will. And uh so here we are we went through uh Philippians, Ephesians and Colossians and and right on down the line to uh, through 1st Timothy. And this is what Paul is telling to uh, you. I don't think you could really call him young Timothy now because he's toward the end of 1st Timothy. He's probably around 38, uh, 37, 38 years old. And because uh, Timothy showed up in Acts 16. You know, if you want to go back there sometimes and look at it. And Timothy, I guess, was the one that uh, God had directed Paul to give Timothy these words of encouragement, the words of understanding, and the words of wisdom. Because we have, in 154 studies back we call this uh we uh this study wisdom and we took it up with jack and mel everly from wisconsin uh i mean west virginia i'm sorry uh and uh to do the uh work, work was interlinear that that they did a few years back and uh and then after that uh Jack passed and then wasn't too great much longer than Melda uh passed away in Arizona and so we're using Jack's book to help our study and it has been Put into the Library of Congress in Washington DC and that's quite unusual for a uh, religious type book to get put there. But nevertheless, it has been a great blessing to go through and it's not, it's not a exhaustive study, but it's, it's a study that will give somebody the understanding on how that God expects man to teach His Word truly in this day and age rightly divided, which is not done very much. Amen. And so we'll just go ahead and get started now. We ended up uh in First Timothy 6, 1, last, last study. And we're going to pick up with With verse two of chapter six. So we've got about 19 or 20 verses left in first Timothy. And we're talking here about, uh, dealing with this is, uh, with false teachers for a little while. It's, and, and certainly, uh, we will often if not more than often, uh, run up on someone that doesn't rightly divide God's word anymore, but should be. And, uh, so to Timothy, uh, this is good information. And we're talking here about servants and bond servants. And you know, uh, when you look at uh, servants here, this is kind of unusual in our day and age of talking about somebody that's a, a servant or a bond servant or a slave. But back then, there was a lot of things that would go on in a person's life that they would need covered for. And, uh, if people couldn't make it on their own, uh, they had to look up somebody that, even if it wasn't a, a relative, that, uh, you know, they could subscribe to their teaching and also work for a living. And we all, if we don't own something or own a company or own a business, then we need to get paid for what we do. And so part of this living situation or getting paid for, you know, was because we were uh, had made a deal with somebody to, or these people had made a deal with somebody to be part of their family or part of their business or part of something. But then you become indebted to, uh, that person for what you had agreed to do. And, uh, quite often it's not a good thing, uh, to be indebted because I asked my boss man when I was a young man right out of high school, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting what these other guys are getting, but I'm doing the work they're doing. And he said, "Well, Cecil, I can't. Uh, the times is pretty bad right now." He said, "You know, I can't, I, I can't raise your wages." But he says, "If things get gets that bad, he says, I'll loan you some money if you want it or need it." And I said, "No, sir, I'm not going to go that route because that that is when you become a servant." somebody rather than an employee and there's a big difference in that quite often and I, i just wanted to bring this up before we get started but uh yeah usually uh the servitude is either a lawful servitude or one of need and when we read this in scripture maybe you'll Understand what we're, uh, meaning by that because lots of times people, uh, this, it's kind of a new subject in this day and age to talk about, uh, being a servant. But here we go. And the way I do it, like I always have been doing it, I read it out of the King James version, one verse at the time. And then I'll read my notes on it that I have made. And then we'll look in Jack's and Melda's interlinear because there is the Koine Greek, and I can't I can't speak the Koine Greek, but they have translated it down back into the English where I can understand it. But and sometimes it's still a little tough to understand. But nevertheless, this is what we have, and then. Jack has written notes on it and then he points out scripture that we need to look at for each verse. And so we get four different eye views or what I call eyeballs on one verse of scripture at the time. And sometimes we don't get but a verse or two or three verses or whatever, but still. You know, here we are and, and we're here till God doesn't need us anymore. And this is the way we've chosen to do this. So here we go. First Timothy six, two. And it says, and they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they're brethren, but rather do them service or do their service. Because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefits. These things teach and exhort. So this is what Paul is telling Timothy. You know, and Paul lots of times sends Timothy from one place to another place and leave him for a while. And then when Timothy and Paul meets back up, then they catch up on what Timothy had not heard. And we don't realize how all this works very much if we just read it. We have to study it to to get this stuff. And so this is what we're trying to do here. And so here we are still talking about servants and bond servants. And I'm going to read my notes here on verse 2 of First Timothy 6. And it said, and they talking about these that are bond servants they have be, they have believing masters uh, and this is the adjective as faithful or sure or true masters so if you want to look at the adjective of that the believing master it, it's Someone that's uh, faithful, sure, or true masters. One of like faith. And it says, let them not despise the other. So if you are a, a slave or a servant, don't despise the one that's over you. Because if you don't own very much or anything hardly at all, or if you need help in your living situation, or whatever, you need to be thankful for that to the Master. Because they're brethren. If you are with somebody of like faith, that is a good place to be in your life. If you need that kind of help. And so this is what, Paul is telling the, the young younger Timothy. He said, but, re, but rather see to this. Do them service. And that's that's the required service. Uh, not something that uh, they're going to have to holler at you and say, did you get this done yet? You should need to expect that. You need to have that service rendered to the master for his understanding of your situation and his situation. And they do that because they're faithful or believing ones and are beloved according to this, uh, Verse of scripture here. And that word beloved there. Is agapatos. And uh, you, you know true grace. Is the word agape. But this is what. The father called his son. Beloved. And this is as the father. Spoke of his son. And their partakers, those who share the same hope of the benefits or the good works that we're talking about here. And the good works are the understanding of the words of the mysterion truth of God. These who uh, these things teach. And exhort. So he's reminding Timothy, get with it, Timothy. When you're when you're teaching God's word, you do this and exhort those that are there, whatever their situation is. And there's three or four places, three places here. That we want to look at. But let's read Jack's notes before we do. But first, let's take it down from the Koine Greek. And down from the Koine Greek says this. The unbelieving have masters. Not let them despise. Because brothers are. But rather let them serve because believing are beloved who the good service are being helped by. These things teach and exhort. That's what the Koine Greek comes down from verse 2 of the English that I read when we started. And Jack goes one step further. He puts it back into uh, the more modern English version, and I'm going to read that too. And this is it. And the believing who have masters, let them not despise them because they are brothers, but rather let them serve because they are believing, and beloved and are being helped by the master's good service these things teach and exhort so that's that's what we get from that verse of scripture and and so here's jack's uh version of his notes and he does uh Meant words too greatly, so it's pretty short. It says it might have been difficult for some servants to yet respect their masters, in them knowing that in the sight of God there was freedom and equality. Well, you know. If you're doing the work of your master and he's enjoying what he's getting out of it, then he's probably going to give you some freedom and equality too. So these are exhorted to serve their masters because they are brothers, believing, and beloved. The arrangements between the master and the servants is akin to good service for both. So you see, good service can go both ways. These things need to be taught and exhorted. Okay, so three places we want to look at here. So I hope you got your Bible. I hope you got it open. And so we're going to, we're going to look at three things here that Jack wants us to look at. So first off, let's go to Galatians. Chapter 5. Galatians 5. We're going to look at 13 through 15. If you have a companion Bible, it's on page 1757. If you have some other Bible, I can't help you because I use the companion Bible. I found it to be one of the greatest teaching tools that I've ever picked up in my hand, Amen. bar none. Okay, we're going to look at 5, 13 through 15. And it says this, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use, not liberty, for an occasion to the flesh. But by love serve one another, see? So that's what true love is. To serve one another. It says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. And I don't know how you get one word out of this, but I'm going to read it anyway. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. So we need to look at each other as equals. We need to look at each other even if even if one man is paying our way. But we need to be worthy of the work that we do. Always. Because, you know, if you're not worthy of your labor, uh, you're like the ox that treads the corn. And somebody puts a muzzle on him, not to let him eat the top out of the corn stalk every once in a while. That's not only written in one place, but it's written in several places in the scripture. And it's given there for an example or a pattern. And so that what we need to keep on our mind. Because our testimony is a pattern of our life toward God or toward something else. And so let's go to verse 3. Oh, no, I got two more. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ephesians 6. I want to go to Ephesians 6. And I want to look at uh, 5 and 6. I went one page too far. Okay, here we're talking about servants again. See, so when the Bible teaches and speaks of itself, you find a lot of these things in different places. Because some people uh very seldom gets in to Ephesians. I didn't for a long, long time. And now I'd like Make to stay there longer, that. <laughs> okay. It says, "Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Not with our service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart." From the heart. Here you see. We need to have this heartfelt. Understanding. With each other. Whether they be neighbor. Whether they be friend. Or whether they be part of your family. You, you can't go wrong there. Okay. Another book. That we went through. Is Colossians. And I want to go. Now, a few pages over, not many. We'll go through Philippians to Colossians, and we're gonna look at Colossians 3. And, uh, and in Colossians 3, we're gonna look at verses 22 through 24. And, uh, that's on page 1786 if you have a companion Bible. Uh, so let's start with 22. It says servants. Here we are again on this thing of servants. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with thy service as men's pleasures, but in singleness of heart fearing God. Sounds like what we just read, isn't it? Almost. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So if there's an inheritance, and it is looked at by God as a reward, you need to be careful and do what God asks you to do. Because He is in control. He knows all about you. Nowhere here you can hide from him, and all things are known by God that He needs to know. He can choose not to know things, but that's up to Him. It ain't up to us, because you see, the clay can't tell the potter what it, what needs to be done and what goes on. Okay. So that's if you knew that's how we do it, and so we'll go back to First Timothy six. We'll look at verse three. Now, the Companion Bible, King James Version, says this: If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. So that is what we can find in uh, in verse 3. And this uh, verse 3 to verse 21 is called admonition. I almost call it sometimes ammunition, but it's not that. It's admonition. And if you look it up, it is a mild rebuke or a reprimand of those who teach God's Word falsely. And so Paul here Is again dealing with Timothy, who is the believer, but he's not always under the words that Paul speaks when Paul speaks them. And so this is the subject matter that we're taking up here tonight in this hour. I'm going to read my notes. My notes are this. If any or anyone teach otherwise as contrary to, and consent not to wholesome or sound words, even to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and also to the doctrine or the teaching which is according to godliness and that, Of the mystery. And so. Having said that. I don't know that I could have put it in any. More plainer words than I. Have just read to you. What I feel about it. And I know I. Probably added some words in there that wasn't there. But. Nevertheless. This. This is what the companion side of the Companion Bible will help you with for understanding. And so, here we are. So let's go from this to verse 3 in, in the workman's Interlinear, and take it out from the Koine Greek there, just like we did the last verse. Verse 3 says this, I wish I could read the Koine Greek, but I certainly can't. Uh, a word, or, a word or two of it, I, I know what it is, but uh, that's about as far as I've gotten with it so far. It says, "If anyone teaches other doctrine and not draw near sound words, those of the Lord." Of us, Jesus Christ, and the according to good teaching. Now, on down to the more modern English. If any man teach other doctrine and does not draw near soundness in those words of our Lord Jesus Christ, even according to good teaching. so Jack gives us the Koine side and then to bring it down out of the Koine into the English and into the more modern English. And here's Jack's notes on this. And it says, They are those who teach contrary doctrines and cannot understand the soundness of these words. The teaching and words are sound because they are according to the words spoken of by Christ. Teaching according to the words of Christ is good teaching. You can't, you can't deny that. There's just no argument there. And it says, many a sin to the wisdom. Of these words. And certainly we should. uh, Be reminded or remind ourselves. To do this. And a lot of the old. Scriptures. In in the Old Testament. uh, You can find in the New Testament. As being quoted. Where it says. And the scripture saith. Or, it saith here. Uh, and, and a lot of people in the old days, uh, would not, if it wasn't said somewheres else that they could get, they wouldn't believe it. It was kind of tough to believe for, uh, the Israelite to believe because Evidently they were so many that came down through the ages saying that they were from God or that they were teaching God's word and they weren't doing it. And this, this was because of the work that Satan has done in the realm of God's Eden that he had. And, and again, it gets Far away from it and a lot of teachers get far away from it or further away than they should. So you see here Paul is beginning to tell Timothy, look son, be careful because you can get so far away so easily. This is what happened with Eve in the Garden of Eden. Because Satan used the very words, thus did God say? So he questioned her about what God had said and used and skewed it somewhat for his own purpose and desire. And so that's not nothing new. That went on from that time on through today. And so we, we need to be careful here. So here, we've got, uh, five places here that we need to look at. It's, at the contents of this verse of scripture. With this other, with these other places that we need to look at. And so that's the reason we go and look at them the way we do. And, Sometimes you say, well, you know, it seems like you're beating this horse pretty bad. But that's not really the case. We're going to look at Matthew 5 to start off with. Matthew 5. And we're going to, let's see, we're going to do, um, look at verse 7 through 9 in Matthew 5. On page thirteen, sixteen, Matthew five seven through nine, and uh, so he uh, Christ was teaching here, and he said, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers." For they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See here, the kingdom of heaven was, was, uh, running here. So we, we have moved, uh, in our studies from one dispensation to another because this was looking forward to the kingdom of God. Okay, so if you're dealing with the kingdom of God, uh, then the king or the son, one, uh, probably spoke those words. And let's go to Acts 10 for just a minute. So, uh, We'll go to Acts 10 and see what we got here. Acts 10, we're going to look at the from 22 to 29. Now that's a lot of scripture, Cecil. Well, we can't get too much. Well, let's just start at 21. It said, Then Peter went down to the men which were sent him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he who you seek. What is the cause wherefore you are come? So you see, here's where Cornelius a centurion, and he was probably a Roman, over a hundred men. That's what a centurion was. And he believed God. He was already a believer. In the sense that he understood that these things that was he was surrounded with had to be of God because man couldn't do these stuff. And And so he knew where Peter was. And Peter was with another guy, a fisherman, in the same house. There for a little while and, you know, the sheet came down for with the stuff to eat from it. This is, this was the reason Peter was there. He was there to get word from God. And verse 22 says, they said Cornelius the centurion, a just man, the one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews was warned uh, from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to bear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them and on the morrow Peter went away with them and a certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. So he took his little entourage and he went down to see Cornelius. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and his near friends and as Peter was coming in Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him wow that changed in a hurry but Peter took him up saying stand up I myself also am a man And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation? And he says this, But God hath shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came unto you without gain, saying as soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore for what intent you have sent for me. So, here when you get start, started with the story, if you don't kind of get to a point, to where you can understand what's going on here, it is hard to get, uh, to get anything much from that, uh, round of teaching here. And so Paul had just got this understanding and he hadn't had time to really think it over good. And, uh, you know, So Paul is telling Timothy, You're going to get in these situations to where if you get something and you get something that's really important in God's work, you may have to tread lightly on it, Timothy. And this was what this was what Peter was doing here. But he was following the instructions of the Holy Spirit. Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Another one. Uh, That was Acts. Okay. Let's go to two places in Hebrews. We're going to go to Hebrews 4. Chapter 4. And we're going to look at uh, verses 6 through 8. Hebrews 4. 6 through 8. And that's on page 1828 if you have a companion Bible. And it says this. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein and they to whom It was first preached entered, not in, because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, And it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? So there'll be times and places that you get involved in that you'll have to kind of wing it a little bit. Because we're not all knowing All there is to know about God and His Word. Because we're all learners. We're all students here. Mm -hmm. And we might be speakers. But we're still students of the Word of God. You don't ever, ever know it all. And never will. Until it's given to you. In another body, in another life, and you don't have, or you're not made of dust anymore. Then you can know and understand more and more and more. Okay, another place we're going to look at and is chapter 10. 22 of Hebrews. So let's go on to chapter 10. And we're gonna, let me see where we want to look at this at. Uh, we're gonna look at verse 8 and 9. No. Verse 22 to 24, I'm sorry. It said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, For he is faithful, that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke, not evil, but unto love and to good works. So you see, provoking can be two different avenues running different directions. It's kind of like a fork in the road, but uh, here we're being asked to, to do this in a provoking way to get people to believe and to understand what God has said. And you cannot go wrong in a situation like that. Okay. There's one more here that we need to look at. While we're over here, let's look at first Peter four. And we're gonna look at fourteen through sixteen. First Peter four fourteen sixteen. I'll get on the right page here in a minute. Okay. I want to go back to thirteen. And it says, But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. You know that's a hard thing to do. We're talking here about servants and bond servants being indebted to others. But think about what Christ went through. That we could rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's suffering. Well, Christ suffered and He gave His life and His blood. But here we are Trying to carry on this work. So it says that. When his glory shall be revealed. That you may be glad also. With exceeding. Joy. If you be reproached. For the name of Christ. Happy are you. For the spirit of the glory. And of God resteth Upon you. On their part. He is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Did I get it? 14 to 16. Let's, let's read 15 and 16. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a bitty body in other men's matters. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. That it is a glory to God if you've been called into reproach. And so, uh, that is the rest of Verse three. How much time we got left, Ron? Uh, it's 924. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll probably just stop here. I'm gonna put a, a mark in my book here, so I don't know where we stop that. But you see, what God is telling to young Timothy here, Because this epistle was written to Timothy, my dear son in Christ. And it was instructions that Timothy would need to carry on this work according to rightly dividing the word of God. Because see, Israel has been set aside. At the end of the book of Acts. And this now becomes our hope. And this hope is different from anything else that's written beforehand. Because it was given to Paul to give to you and me. Although he wrote it in AD 62. Or somewhere around there. Uh, it was to last through the latter days. And I believe we're in maybe the first throes of latter days. Mm-hmm. I have never seen uh, the world in such turmoil. People, people don't have any respect for each other anymore. It's just boom. All for me and none for you. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to take what I want. You can like it or not like it. And so that's the reason I say this. Because I think this is a, a time in our life that we need to be expressive. And I have started writing my notes on my life. So that my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren uh, will know and hear some of what I believe. And they, they might make up their mind to understand it. Because it seems like that people get away from the Word of God. And they look toward everything but that. For what they want to do or want to do or can't do or would like to do. And so, uh, I've started this and uh, just to bring it up that I've got about a
1: hundred handwritten
0: pages. I don't know how many more, but give them some kind of understanding of what I have seen in my 84 and a half years here on this earth and that I see new things every day. I see things that I, I wouldn't have believed would have been here a few years ago. You know, all these gadgets that we got that we used to That's supposedly supposed to tell us and make us quicker, better learners, and faster workers in our chosen profession. But yet, it seems like sometimes we drag our feet. But we need to base it on something and to base it on the love of God and His Son, and what God did through His Son, that gives us understanding. And understanding is a little different from knowledge. These people that has a lot of knowledge and don't know how to distribute it. And so the understanding kind of uh, falls by the wayside on that situation. But wisdom renders knowledge. That's the reason we go to college. That's the reason we send our kids to college. We want them to get more than we had or that we have ourselves, And so that's the reason teaching is very important. And teaching God's Word is the most important thing that we can get involved in. Because the more we know, the more that the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And by the way, if I haven't told you recently, I'm going to tell you once again right now in this last minute that I have. Here, that the Holy Spirit indwells an individual without a scar. It doesn't leave a scar when the Holy Spirit indwells a person. But it does leave a testimony. That it's in that person by... Not by what so much that person may say, but how he does and acts. And this is what we all need. We need that. We need that testimony. And I call it my... It's my GPS. And if you haven't heard me say it before, then I'm going to say it one more time. And I might say it again next week. But my GPS... Is God's perfect son. G.P.S. I am not lost. I haven't been lost since 1971. I may not know where I'm at, but I'm not lost. Praise God for that. And I know who I'm attached to. I'm a I'm a lonely guy because my wife died five and a half years ago. But I'm not alone. I'm lonely, but I'm not alone. And she was the most precious gift other than Christ. She was the most precious gift that God had ever given to me in my life. And I thank Him every day for it. The Folks, that's important. It really is important. And so this is the reason we've taken up this study. Whether it takes three years, five years, or whatever it takes. You'll never get to the end of it. You might get to a stopping place, but you'll never get to the end of it. Because God hasn't given all of you me or you either one, what we really truly need to know. God bless you. Thank you for your time. And I I hope that you've gotten something from it today. And God willing, we'll do it next time. God bless you.